morning, good morning, good morning, and happy Sabbath. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As a matter of fact, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, because if you can't rejoice and praise God, he said the very rocks would cry out. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to let a rock cry in my place because when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. God has been so good. We want to just welcome you to the Tabernacle of Praise service this morning. We know that today will truly be a blessing to you as we worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, we want you just to share this page, like it, wave to us, just show us that you're watching this morning. You know, we live in some serious times. And, you know, in times like these, God has given us the key to make it through these perilous times. And the key is prayer. It said prayer is the key in the hand of faith to unlock heaven's storehouse. Well, what is heaven's storehouse? What's inside heaven's storehouse? Everything we need. God says that I will supply all of your needs according to your riches, according to his riches and glory. In his riches, he has everything in his warehouse. So right now, Elder Wellington is going to lead us to the throne of grace this morning. Father God, Lord, one more time. It has been an awesome time, Lord, to be able to spend such precious moments with you. And as I reflect, Lord, on the reflecting back on everything that has transpired with this pandemic, just to know that we have come into this safe uh, venue with you. What an awesome time. And so, Lord, we just want to thank you, Father, for watching over and keeping us, Lord, like you have done throughout the week, Father. We want to thank you, Lord, for providing for us. We want to thank you, Lord, for protecting us. But more importantly than anything, Lord, we want to thank you for your grace that's sufficient, Lord. You've given us an opportunity yet one more time to call upon your precious and holy name. Lord, we ask that as we continue to press forward on this blessed Sabbath, that, Lord, the word that will be spoken, Lord, will be fruitful. It will be something that will give us power, that will energize us, Lord, and that we'll be able to testify to the goodness of who you are. We ask, Lord, that you will continue to bless your children, watch over them across this globe, Lord. Those, Lord, who are suffering with this virus, Lord, we ask that you touch their bodies, Lord, that you would heal them, Lord, and that you would lift them up, that they'll be able to testify that God is real and that he's still alive. We ask, Father God, that you will continue, Lord, to be with the conferences across this board, this globe, Lord. Asking, Lord, that you would sustain them, Lord, and keep them, Lord, even in the precious moments when it seems financially that things aren't going to come around. But, Lord, we know that you own the cattle on a thousand hills, that there's nothing impossible for you. And so we ask, Lord, that you would just continue to keep your children, Lord, keep your conferences, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would touch those, Lord, who are seeking you, Lord. Right now is a precious opportunity for us to be able to tell others who you are. And so we ask, Lord, that as we press forward, Lord, as we go through this, this time, Lord, that we will be beacons of light, Lord. That those who we come in contact with, Lord, that we will allow your spirit to be moved, Father. Those who we call, we will allow your voice to be heard, Lord. We ask, Father God, just for the blessing of heaven. Now be with your pastor, Lord, today as he breaks the bread of life, Lord. Allow for him, Lord, to be able to speak truths. 
that will lead and guide us into all thy, thy directions, Lord. So we thank you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm going to follow up with Percy. This is stewardship moment. <clears throat> I'm going to follow up with, per with what Percy was doing was praying. And I'm going to talk to you today about why our prayers may not be answered. And we're going to kind of figure it out. We have COVID-19 and it's definitely a curse, but it can be a blessing because it gives those of us who have to stay in. I'm staying in. I don't care what they open up, but it gives us a chance to do some self-reflecting. Now, self-reflection is hard. People pay for a whole lot of money. They call it consulting, coaching, to point out their problems to them. But you have time now to sit down and think about what's going on. Let's talk about prayer. Are your prayers being answered? God answers prayers. If your prayers aren't being answered, is the problem with God or is it with us? God is faithful, so it must be us. And we have to figure out what we are doing or what's causing our prayers to be hindered. Consider this. This is in a, a nice little book called Prayer written by Ellen G. White. When we make requests of him, he may see that it is necessary for us to search our hearts and repent of sin. Therefore, he takes us through uh, tests and trial. He brings us through humiliation that we may see what hinders the working of his Holy Spirit through us. Listen, folk, if you've been praying and praying for the same thing and nothing is happening, it's not God. God answers every prayer. And every prayer you ask for is not going to be no, because he gives us, he says he'd rather give, he'd rather give us good gifts than our parents would give us good gifts. So we are, if, if we're not receiving the answers to prayer, let's do what we need to do. And then here's another thing she says, just a couple of paragraphs down from that statement, she says, there is another matter. Oh, shoot. Hold on, Ted. Okay. Too often neglected by those who seek the Lord in prayer. Have you been honest with God? By the prophet Malachi, the Lord declares, even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from my ordinance and have not kept them. Return unto me and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, where is shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? And tithe and offerings. Listen, it goes on to say, you're cursed with a curse because you have robbed me. Listen, you can't be cursed and blessed at the same time. It just can't happen. Now, this is not the way I like to talk. I like to say, you know, nice, easy, smooth, wonderful, kind words. But sometimes the rubber has to meet the road. When you're driving, you don't want your car up in the air. You want the rubber on the road. So we want to be right if we want to get the blessings that we are asking God for. We cannot get them when we owe God. Now, sometimes sometimes people say, well, okay, I haven't been paying for two years, so God, excuse me. Oh, no, 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 no. If you can put a time on when you have not paid, it needs to be repaid. Let me say this. If you don't pay your mortgage for six months, you're not going to pay that mortgage every dime of it you're also going to pay all the fees that they put on you, extra interest that they put on you. Listen, you why would you do God any less? You want everything from God. Air, food, clothing, houses, jobs. You want even blessings for your children, for your family. You want everything from God. Give him everything. If you owe him, please, let's pay up, folks. Now, 
I'm going to say this too. There is a selfish interest on my part here. It has come to my belief that if you are cursed and you are in the congregation with me, I'm suffering some of that curse. Now, that's just, and here's how I figure that. Let's say that you're cursed and you lose your job because God's trying to get your attention. Where are you going? You come into the church, the church you didn't support uh, faithfully to get help. Now, the church members are put in a position because now they got to determine, are they going to help you or not help you? I know this is going along, but people, folk, let's not bring a greater cursing in our midst. Let it be in somebody's midst. If they want to be unfaithful stewards, God is good. But amongst us, let's be faithful. Because when we come out, you know what I want everybody to say, that Tabernacle of Praise, they did not miss a beat in anything. Not one member lost anything. Not one member suffered tremendously because we have the blessing of God and we follow his instructions, even on down to wearing masks and gloves. You know, we cannot be scoffers. Oh, I don't really believe, you know, that if I pay tab now, if I don't believe that, you know, it's going to make a difference. I don't believe I should wear a mask. Try not wearing that mask. Keep it up. But Okay, y'all seen a whole different side of me. I'm just going to say, I'm saying this. I really, 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 truly want us all to prosper and to grow. I want to come out of this thing doing better in every area of my life than I was doing before I went in. And I want you to join me. So here's how you can do. For all of you, all of us out there, we want to be faithful. We want to do your cash app. And that's a tops, uh, dollar sign, tops giving. And then there's another way you can catch up on your tithe and offerings. You want to do essencegiving.org and tap, type in, remember, to type in Tabernacle Praise. Or you want to mail it to our treasurer, Teresa Harris, and you will get a, um, you can get her address through Karen or, you know, type in somewhere saying, you know, I don't have the address. Use something to let us know you want to mail in your money. And let me say this to all of our people out there that's listening, but you're not a member of our church. You can be faithful to us too. And we will surely, I mean, we are a blessed church. I know I've been blessed this week. How about you, Percy, and you, Paul? Did y'all get blessed? Okay, so this church is getting blessed. So if you want some blessings through this church, praise the Lord. We'll be happy to, to allow you to uh, help us um, or to gain your blessings through us, or whatever it is. So remember, folks, if you got behind, catch up. Don't let yourself get cursed. God is good all the time. Take care of yourselves. Amen. Praise the Lord, Sister Carol, for that message today that we want to be faithful. God has truly blessed me this week. I praise the Lord. And we're blessed again, folks, to have our ministerial director for the Central States Conference, in the person of Pastor Mark Paris, the man of God is going to break the bread for us today. But right before he preaches, we're going to have our little songbird. Sister Beverly Stewart Anderson is going to bless us. So we want you just to meditate on these words to prepare your hearts to receive the message on today. God bless. Give me a clean heart.
to hear his word. I'm hoping that I am being heard. Am I loud enough? I, I, I'm just thankful for the Tabernacle of Praise and the team uh, that you have put together. Uh, we are going through some difficult times with this Corona COVID uh, era, uh, but it is good that we found a way to make sure we could still preach the gospel despite the fact 
that we're going through this uh, COVID era and we're not in our churches together, we can use technology and we thank God for everything that he has done for us and with us. It is good to be here. I'm grateful to see everyone uh, who is here today and those who are listening online. Uh, I counted joy, I enjoyed the music, uh, the presentations, uh, and now we want to allow the Lord uh, to let us hear uh, his word uh, as we as we preach uh, today, uh, let me let me have a word of prayer as we begin to to uh, preach our sermon. We're so thankful, Lord. You have been good to us, and we're so grateful. This is a strange time, and uh, but you knew uh, that this time would happen, so you already prepared us for it. And we're so thankful, Lord, that technology has allowed us still to preach your word, uh, still to have worship and. Uh, and so we're thankful for everything that you've done. Now, Lord, speak through me by your grace, I pray. Uh, let us hear your word. Let us hear a new direction, fresh direction, we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. We'd like, we'd like to come from the text, Mark uh, chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. Uh, and we like to talk about the lessons that were learned uh, by the disciples. And I'm grateful. I, it seems strange, but in reality, every time that God teaches us lessons, uh, there are lessons that he teaches us in different types of ways. He takes us through experiences uh, at times to let us understand uh, how we can know God better or how we can understand his will. And so I like the fact that God teaches us lessons. And so we like to talk about the lessons that were learned uh, in this particular chapter, uh, Mark chapter five, verses one through 20, these, these lessons that they learned from Christ. And, I, and, and everything you go through is a platform to understand not only God's will, but to understand how God is molding you and teaching you and training you because God is trying to prepare us so that we can be ready to go to heaven. So let's look at these lessons in Mark 5, verses 1 through 20. Uh, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on the cushion. The disciples woke him and he said to him, they said to him, teacher, Don't you care that we drown? He got up, rebuked the winds and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the winds died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Why do they, why do they, why did they try everything before they even realized Jesus was there? Now, now, this first question really began to disturb me when I thought about it. How in the world was it that Jesus, the one who had power and wisdom, was there in this storm with the disciples? 
but the disciples never referred to Jesus until it became to a point where they realized they could not handle it. Let me back up. Why is it that we wait until the situations get very difficult until we call Jesus? Why is it that we're not calling on Jesus all the time saying, Lord, today I don't know exactly what I'm going through, but you help me. But they waited until they could not handle the storm. Now, remember, let me pause for a moment because the disciples waited because they were the ones who knew they thought how to handle the ship. They were experts at it. They, they knew exactly what to do. Uh, uh, Jesus wasn't necessarily to them an expert, but they were experts. And they began to handle the problem until they realized they couldn't handle the problem. <laughs> now, that, that's actually the way we are. We call on Jesus after we tried a fix to get everything balanced in our lives. And then all of a sudden we back up and we realize, oh, Jesus is here. <laughs> I, I guess what disturbs me more than anything else is the times I've been through things and I forget Jesus is there. So all of a sudden they realize, oh, yeah, you know what? We're here wrestling with the sterns and we're wrestling with everything in this ship and Jesus is already here. But remember, here's the kicker. They were experts, they thought. Ah, let me, let, let me back up. Let me say it this way. There are times when we try to handle stuff because we forget that Jesus is there and we think we're the experts. What God wants you to know is, is that he's the expert. And anytime you are in a fix, anything you go through, the first thing you need to do is pray through it. In other words, ask God for wisdom. It doesn't matter if you have become a master at something that you're doing. It matters that you realize that no matter how masterful you've become, the only one who can really fix a problem is Jesus. So even before, even before you go on your job, it ought to be a prayer to God. God, I know how to do this. I'm, you know, an expert here. I understand I master this, but I realize that there are some things I cannot do. And I really want to be clear that I want to make sure you're the one who handles it. So they began, they became terrified. Uh, they were walking on the, uh, they, they were, they were, moving back and forth. And then they remembered Jesus was there. Uh, you know, I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to say much about this. We ought to always remember Jesus is there. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care what's going on in your family. I don't care what's going on in your arena. You ought to know that Jesus is there. So they finally, after they did everything they could, then they realized, oh, Jesus is here. Why aren't you helping us, Jesus? The reason why Jesus wasn't helping them is because they didn't want his help. God was teaching them a lesson that every time something happens, everything you go through, every decision you make, you need to, uh, you need to make sure that you, you, you point to Jesus and say, Jesus, help me. I can't do this by myself. So they begin to cry out. Carest thou not that we perish? 
I mean, we mean cares thou not that we perish. Yes, yes, God cared, but God was teaching a lesson to them, letting them know that they weren't going to get out there out of their fix until they allowed Christ to help them. Finally, the winds and the waves, they began to stop tossing and everything became calm. But then there was a second thing that happened. I, I realized that God takes us through scenarios because in each scenario, he teaches us a lesson. I mean, sometimes we step back and say, God, aren't you taking care of me? Why'd you let me go through it? I don't understand it. But God is through everything, everything you, you go through, God is teaching you a valuable lesson. So now they get off the ship. They've landed safely. And then the Bible says that as they got off the ship in Gezerim, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no man could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on the feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Jesus takes them from one situation to another situation. Again, this is the way God is working with the disciples to teach them lessons. And sometimes it seems like when you're in it and you get out of it, then you go back in it in a different way because God is doing something for you. So now the second thing was, first was the storm. The second thing is as they, as they now find themselves, find a place where they can put their ship and get off, there's a demon that runs from a tomb. And the demon who runs from a tomb, he begins to scare them, as it were. And so as they as he came from the tomb, they were figuring out, okay, now what should I do? And it demonstrated that they still didn't trust Jesus because what they did was ran. They, were, they ran from the demon. The only person who was left there was Jesus and the demon. Now, now let me let me put it this way. If Jesus doesn't run with you, why do you run? Obviously, if Jesus is the one who's keeping you, I want to stay with Jesus, even if that means the demon is coming towards me. But instead of staying with Jesus and trusting Jesus, they run and Jesus stays by himself there because Jesus has something to do. What Jesus did as they ran and as they ran from, from him, what Jesus did was stay there and deal with him. In fact, what Jesus did was he knew that the demon didn't know how to say what he wanted to say. See, the reason why the demon was running to Jesus is because the demon, the man who had the demon in him, wanted to be free from the demon. So he was running to Jesus. The man was trying to get to him, but Satan didn't want to get to Jesus. But Satan was realizing now that if the man was running to Jesus, I need to stop him if I can, because if this man gets to Jesus, Jesus can do something for him. 
So when he saw Jesus in the distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me? Now let's pause there for a moment. Because what Jesus is really saying, what this text is really saying is, the demon ran to Jesus because he wanted Jesus to help him, but he couldn't say, he couldn't say with his own mouth that I need you, Jesus. Because he was filled with and under the control of a demon. What I'm saying is, God even knows what you want, even when you can't say it. God knows what you need, even when you can't mouth it, even when you can't uh, copy it down, even when you can't pencil it in. God still knows what you need. And so the disciples ran, but God knew that even though the, this, even though the man who had demons in him couldn't talk, he knew the man was coming to him to say, please help me. Even though he said, what do I have to do with you, God? Why are you messing with me? He knew underneath that was the demon talking, but underneath the demon that was talking, the man was saying to himself, he's trying to say it. He couldn't say it because he was controlled by demons. He really said, Lord, I need to be free. Wow. Isn't it good that God knows what you say and knows what you're trying to say? Even when you can't get it out, even when you can't construct the sentence, God is still knowing what you want. So he comes back and he casts the demon out. Oh, boy. We can't always speak for ourselves, but God can. So when he came, he saw Jesus at a distance. He fell, he fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted out with his voice, what do you want with me? Jesus, son of the most high God. He couldn't get everything out, but he could get the most high God. But he, he couldn't say, Lord, I need you. And God's name, don't torture me, is what the demon said. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Ooh, I love this. Even when we can't speak for ourselves, God can speak for us. You ought to shout. Even when you can't speak for yourself, hallelujah, God speaks for you. Even when you're displaying yourself in a way that is opposite of what you want, God still knows what it is and God still can deal with you and God still can help you. Then Jesus asked him, this is, you know, this man's, this demon's there and God asked him a question. What is your name? The reason why God wanted to ask this question is because the next phrase tells us something about the demon. He says, what is your name? He says, my name is Legion. Jesus wanted everybody to know this was more than just a miracle. And this was more than just a man. This was a man filled with demons. And so if anything happened in this case, it would show the power of God. What's your name? We're legions. I have so many demons in me. I'm not here just to ask you to take out one demon. I'm asking you to take out legions that is in me. And he begged Jesus again and again to send him out of Chloria. He told him this over and over again to send him out of the place he was. This, this reminds me of a situation I had in 
in Oakwood College. I had a, a roommate um, who they put in my room. Uh, I, I wasn't advised of him. I didn't know he was going to be my roommate, but he became my roommate. I, I had a little problem because one night I woke up and he had torn up the whole bedroom. He, I, I mean, everything was thrown all over the place except my stuff. None of my stuff was moved or torn or thrown, but his stuff was torn and thrown. I said, what in the world's going on here? And, and when I got up, he was sitting just rocking back and forth, just rocking back and forth. And so I said, hmm, what? I'm not saying I did what Jesus did. Really, I tried to find a way to get out, and I did. And I didn't come back to the room. The, the, the sad thing about it is, as I look at this story, is maybe I could have been more help. But the next time I heard about him, they said he was found dead on the street. <sighs> I, I wish I would have known this story before I went through that. But I realized the power of this text says that I am dealing with demons. I'm dealing with demons. And then there's the next last part. See, this day God, Jesus had a had a rough day, but it wasn't rough for him, it was rough for the disciples. Ship, a storm, uh, demons. And then he says that he gets to the next place where he's getting off the boat. And he says, a large herd of pigs feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons bade Jesus, send me among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirit came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,100, rushed down the steep bank into the lake where they drowned. Now, I want you to understand this. What is happening is, is that the devil is making a way for people to dislike Jesus. Why would they dislike Jesus? Because these were farmers. They had pigs on their farms that they sold to the, to the market. So what Satan does is he takes the pigs and he runs them all out in a way that they're all harmed. Those tending the pigs reported this in the town countryside and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw that the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed in his right mind and they were afraid. I don't understand this. This doesn't make sense. They're afraid because somebody comes and deals with the demons, Jesus. But they become afraid because, and they ask him to leave because there's something else that's there. They did not know that God would run away their, their stock. They did not know that God <laughs> that Jesus would come and make sure they lose their pigs. <laughs> so they were, they were more concerned. Well, let me, let me pause. They were more concerned about the pigs than they were concerned about the men. 
more concerned about the pigs than they were concerned about the men. So when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, sitting in his right mind, and they were afraid. People like chaos more than they like what Jesus does. Can I say it again? People love chaos more than they love what Jesus will do. They'd rather have that chaos there than Jesus. Because, see, when Jesus comes, he does things that are, that you need, that you, that he needs to do for you, and not stuff that you, that you just want him to do for you. But the, the pigs ran off, and they reported to the town. And when they came back, what did they say? Jesus, um, our money's going to be gone. We're, 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 we're in this COVID uh, era. And, 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 and the money we make, we make from the pigs, but the pigs you allowed to run into the water. Wow. Satan wanted to go into the pigs to make it appear that Jesus' presence, called, Jesus presence causes chaos. In fact, the demons asked to go into the pigs to create deflection and distraction. They wanted... They wanted or preferred the pigs instead of Jesus. Wow. The enemy of souls wants to make Christ, who stilled the sea, walked on water, look like the victim. I got to close. It is always Satan's desire. To make bad look good and good look bad. <laughs> and so Satan makes something happen so that the people in the city will think that they have a loss. Let me say that again. Satan wants people to think with Satan that they have a loss and not a gain. And he does it all the time because a lot of times we do things that we think are giving us success and they're really not giving us success. So what God does now is he knows that this is going to happen. And I ask the question, God, why would you let it happen? Because God did something with these, with, with, with the pigs and God did something with the demons. What God did was he took the demons they came to him without deep. He took the men who was filled with demons. He pulled the demons out of them. And then he told them, because they asked, can we stay with you, Jesus? Let me pause. Because sometimes we think when God does something for us, we need to stay beside him. We need to stay with him. There's no problem of staying with Jesus. That wasn't the issue. The issue was Jesus wanted them to go out and testify to what God had done. Let, let me say it again. Jesus wanted them to go out and testify to what God had done. Jesus didn't want them just to hang around him. Jesus wanted them to go back to the people who knew them when they were demons, when they were filled with demons, and tell them about the goodness of Jesus. Wow. 
The reason why is because Jesus wants them to know what Jesus can do. So when the men came back in their right minds, not filled with demons anymore, the people said, aren't you so-and-so? You look a little bit like that demon, but you look a little different. No, yeah, yeah, that's me. Because God wanted them to testify. Can I back up? God wants us to testify to what we've been through. God wants us to let others know, here's where we come from. Here's where we've been. Here's where we are. And we're there not because of anybody else, but because Jesus pulled demons out of us. They wanted them to realize, but 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 notice the people around them, the people in the place where the demons were pulled out, were angry. Why? Because they messed up their stock. See, see, well, let me back up. Satan wanted to do something that would destroy Jesus's identity, so they wanted to, as it were, make sure the pigs were killed. So that they would say, see, this is what Jesus does. He takes away your likelihood. No, what Jesus was really doing was freeing you so that you can have a better likelihood. Oh, boy. That's how good God is. That's what God wants to do. And so these now men who demons were pulled out of, they become, they begin to testify. And this thing really, I didn't quite understand it. They said, Jesus, can we stay with you? Jesus said, no. I said, what? Jesus, can we stay with you? Jesus said, no, I want you to go tell others what I've done. Oh, Let me say it like this. The demons now could tell a story that nobody else could tell. It didn't make sense. Why is it? Why? Because God really doesn't want us just to testify by giving a long sermon. God wants us to testify by telling what God has done for us. No, don't stay with me. You, you, I'm not. No, what I want you to do is tell tell others what God has done. And what could they tell them? They didn't have a theological di dialogue. What could they tell them? They could tell them the experience they had with Jesus. Oh boy. I got to close. I think when I read this story, that what God wants from us is to tell our story. <laughs> he doesn't want a dissertation. He doesn't want a sermon. God wants us to tell other people our story. <sighs> I, I just, just got to close. I, I My father was the son of a lady named Cleopatra. Cleopatra was uh, a known um, musical star. Um, she was with Duke Ellington, Lena Horne, um, and all the other greats, Fitzgerald, um, and I, I tell this story because I, I want you to understand how God saves us and what God then does with us. She was on drugs like everybody else who was in the, in the, in the, in the musical business. Uh, she had a lot of men who were in the musical business, which meant that my own father 
I don't know who his grandfather, I don't know who my grandfather was. Uh, but one day, um, our, throughout her, her life, God was working with her. And my father, who really wasn't raised, she did not raise him. She did not take time with him. He basically had to raise himself and he was in, in, in homes with a, a abusive uncles. He finally, he came to Denver and joined the church. I don't know how he got. So then my father became a car porter. And then my father began to testify so that people from everywhere began to come to church because of him. My father didn't know everything about the Bible. He wasn't. He didn't know everything about homiletics. But what he didn't know is that Jesus transformed him. All I'm saying is what God wants you to do is just tell your story. God, God just, the, the, the demons who had, who were cast out of the men, all he was, he didn't tell, he didn't give them a dissertation. He just said, he just simply said, tell your story. I can't, I can't end with anything but tell your story. Uh, don't be ashamed of what you've been through. Tell your story. I'm not, I'm not telling you to tell all the murky details, but, but, but tell your story. Because at the end of this, what Jesus was getting to, was getting disciples to testify, and he told them, though they wanted to hang around him, no, I don't want you to hang around me. I want you to tell your story. No, 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 you, you're not going everywhere with me. I want you just to tell your story. And so what I believe now, what I believe today, is that what God wants all of us to do is start telling our story. Nobody has a story like you. Nobody has experiences like you. Nobody's been through the stuff you've been through. But it's time for us stop, to stop being shy and to begin to tell your story. If demons who didn't even go to the seminary could tell their story, God wants us to tell our story by his grace. Let us pray, Lord. I'm just so grateful that you've given each of us experiences that we can share. You want us to do something simple, tell our story. And so we ask, Lord, that you allow us to tell our story no matter where we come, no, no matter where we come from, no matter what neighborhoods we've grown up in. You want us to tell our story. You want us to tell our story because the story is really the story about you, Jesus, not about us. It's about how you blessed us. It's about how you got us through. It's about how, how you uh, allowed us to be people who could testify to the goodness of God. We could tell others about how long you, you worked with us before we turned it around, before, before we decided we would uh, submit ourselves to you. Thank you for giving us a story. And today we ask, Lord, that you bless us and keep, continue to nudge us so that we can be 
like the demoniacs who had demons taken out of them. And we could tell other people before we even have a long uh, dissertation, we can tell others about simply what you've done. We thank you in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Of course, I always don't know who is in the congregation. I don't know what God may be asking you. I don't know uh, how God may be impressing upon your life and even upon your mind. Uh, but I always, for those who maybe are listening, I don't know, maybe there's some who have not been baptized. I'm just asking you to make sure you touch base with your pastor uh, so that you'll be able to uh, go down in the waters. And, and it's, it's clear, it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from. God uh, helps and touches and grows and wants everybody, no matter where you came from, no matter what you've done. And your testimony can help somebody else. Let the Lord bless you. Let the Lord keep you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to thank Pastor Paris for such a powerful sermon. You know, God is truly good. And as we continue to reflect upon where God has brought us from, tell your story, tell your testimony, let somebody know just how good God is. In fact, he's opened up the doors that you would have an opportunity to eternal life. As a result, others can have the same opportunity. So tell your story. Pastor Paris, we want to give all our thanks and, and, and offer you just the blessings of the Lord to be with you for uh, giving such a powerful message. We also want to thank all the participants that were on today. And we just want you to remember, we have our Bible study coming up at 2.30. Uh, Elder Lee Curl will be doing that. We're going to be looking at the last day events. Amen. Chapter 10. Amen. And also, we want you to remember our prayer service that happens on Wednesday. We had a powerful prayer service this past Wednesday. So God is good. He's blessing us. Amen. So I just want you to remember that God is good. He's going to continue to take care of you. And we just want you to reflect and remember that God loves you. Amen. Let us pray. Amen. Father God, Lord, we just want to thank you for all that you've done. We want to thank you, Lord, for the blessing of your powerful word that has been spoken. We ask, Lord, that as we were fed, we will not be shy, that we will be bold and that we will testify. And Lord, we ask, Father, that as we go through the rest of this Sabbath, that your spirit will be with us. And that, Lord, we will be in your grace. And we thank you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Be blessed, everyone.